What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Music Podcast Deluxe. Featuring Don't Believe the Hype. And we're about to blow your f***ing minds. Whoa, whoa, Muck. Let's lay it back a bit. Thanks, Dre. Where would I be without you? Representing Montreal, Canada, we're coming to you straight from the DBTH sound room. Damn, that sounds tight. But you know we're sitting on the couch, right? So join us. Every episode where we're going to be talking about concerts, records, experiences, and everything in between. Stay a while, and let's make some time for me. Hello, everybody. Hello. Episode 10 of the Music Podcast Deluxe. It's been a while, people. And we have, uh, well, I mean, you know, we had a few incidents. A series, a series of unfortunate events. Muck's house was on the verge of being flooded. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty fucking crazy shit. The um, neighbor right across the street from you is like had a his basement was completely full of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, several houses on the street actually got uh, really nailed. The whole area is in uh, in pretty much strip and gut and dry out mode. Um, Recovery. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, you had minimal damage. Yep, I think we're I think we're okay. Uh, we saved all the gear. We saved all the equipment. So uh, we're good. We're in good shape. So. In other news, you received something in the mail today. Our Rockfest bracelets. Yeah, I think uh, I actually think I should have got them last week, but because of the whole flood bullshit, ah, it was uh, part of that you know that delayed bundle of mail that gets elastic together and thrown in the storage room at the mail lockers. Oh, you were in there. Yeah. Well, I, sh- I should say we were in there because my bracelets were in there too. Mm-hmm. I can't wait, man. It's just a little over a month away. Dude, it's gonna be so fun. I hope it's gonna be a great. Weekend or a great two days. Fingers crossed for weather. And uh, I hope we uh, get to see what the lineup looks like. They didn't announce it yet, the uh, schedule, schedule, right? Yeah, no, it's not out yet. Ah. It should be, it comes like about a month before. So in the next couple of weeks, we should see some sort of schedule coming. For this episode, it kind of made sense to work the rest of the news into the rest of the episode. There's a lot of albums coming out. There's a lot of bands on tour this summer. And it so happens that our on-tap selection is going to encompass a lot of these bands. So as we're talking about the bands and the album, we'll be mentioning a little bit about what is going on with that particular act right now. What band do we want to talk about first? Well, look, we got a music podcast deluxe on tap here. Mm-hmm. Six albums. We're going to, I mean, they're near and dear to, to our hearts. These albums mean something to us. We listen to them on record often enough. Some of them are new. Some of them are older. But they're all important. And most importantly, we've spun them in probably the last two weeks. Yes. Maybe everything except Fleetwood Mac. And so maybe we should start with Fleetwood Mac. That, my friend, is not a bad idea whatsoever. Fleetwood Mac, Rumors, The Epic. This album is one of the, it's one of the biggest albums of all time. This album broke records. It, it sold faster than any album ever before when it came out. I got some numbers here. 800,000 copies per week at its peak. Jesus Christ. 800,000 copies a week. That is so huge that you you have to understand the overall influence of this music. It's just embedded into culture at this point. 40 years later, you still sit down and the record sounds incredible. You know, it was recorded at Sound City. Yeah, absolutely. We in the, uh, we watched the documentary. Yeah, very cool. But the uh, the band was kind of in bad shape when they recorded that album, right? 
Yeah, there was some kind of love triangle and then uh, breakups and all kinds of things while they were writing and while they were recording the album. So that kind of, I guess that added to the overall feel. Every so- Almost every song on that album is kind of a breakup song or a tragic love song. Some of them sound optimistic and the melodies are very uplifting. But if you look at the lyrics, you'd see. You'd see the issues. They're there. Listening to that album, The Chain is one of my favorite Fleetwood Mac songs of all time. Just it, that bass line. You know The Chain is on the uh, New Guardians of the Galaxy uh, soundtrack. Yes, I heard that. And I, heard, I also heard that they had to uh, watch the scene that the song was going to be played in before they would approve it. That, I, I would do that. <laughs> if, I was, if I was an artist, that's what I would want. I would, I would want that condition before allowing my song to be part of a movie. But look how, look how they can just kind of manipulate the situation. Other bands would be so grateful that a movie even wanted to feature their song, whereas Fleetwood Mac is in the position to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I want to see where this is going first, and then we can... Then, 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 then we'll, we'll sign off, yeah. you know? I remember the first time I sat down and listened to this album, and I always knew Fleetwood Mac, but I never really knew which songs were on that particular album. Okay. And I'm sitting there and listening to it, and I'm like, wow, fucking, that's one hit. Oh, there's a fucking, it's another hit. And then another hit. And then Go Your Own Way comes on, and you're like, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> there's, it just keeps going like that. Throughout the album, they're all killer, killer songs. But do you know any other of their records as well as Rumors? Yeah, I know their first one, the Fleetwood Mac, the self-titled. Mm-hmm. And I know the one after Rumors, Tusk. Okay. Other than that, they have a lot of other material. Other than that, I'm not very familiar with it. Next up, I think it's important that we talk about a band that we're very familiar with. What is the... Uh, is it an acronym? Q-O... What is it? Is that yeah, it's hard to fucking remember. What is it? Q-O-T-S-A. Yeah, because it's like a weird order. You don't say letters in that order. But yeah, because Q and O coming right after... like Q, and then the O C. coming after Q is just a complete throw-off. Any, yeah. Anyway, Queens of the Stone Age, most recent album to date, like Clockwork. And what a fan-fucking-tastic album that is. I think there's probably 90% of the album, I think, is, uh, is on my top Queens of the Stone Age songs. For now. Yeah, but it's like your top 10 Queens of Stone Age songs has 100 songs. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. one of those things. What's important to say is that they have a new album coming, and I hope I'm not disappointed. And they're going to be at Rockfest. Well, yeah. Headlining at Rockfest. We're going to see a nice, long-ish set. You know, it's a festival, so I, I, oh, I would be Yeah, top. I think an hour and a half. Now we're in 45, like, real tops, tops, tops. We're going to get some new stuff, that means, right? Cause, Definitely. Uh, Definitely. Uh, did they announce that their album was soon or soon, like, could be any time in the next couple no months? No date. No date. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was out close to around uh, Rockfest. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. I'm excited. I mean, you know, Josh Homme, he has a style. He has this way of being in between all the time. It's Kind of heavy, but it's clean at the same time. It's like somewhere between heavy metal and rock and roll. He has that desert stoner rock feel to it, too. I like what he brings to every project he does. Well, you know, typically I would say I like some of their heavier stuff from their older albums. But even when we listen to Like Clockworks, you know, some of my my favorite songs are... uh, even with um, the the cameo there from Melton John, uh, Fairweather Friends. Yeah. It's just such a powerful song on the album that it just, it's one of those songs that really stands out for me. 
I, I, I would agree. I like a number of the songs. I like all the singles I thought were good. God is the Sun. That was solid. You know Dave Grohl plays drums on that album, eh? He has to be one of my favorite drummers. I love I, I love a lot about Dave Grohl, but watching him at, watching him play drums is my favorite part. You're just going to ignore the fact that I didn't strike up a conversation about Dave Grohl playing drums? Yes, I'm going to completely ignore the fact of that. Yes, of course. Okay. You know he also played it on Songs for the Deaf, right? Yes, I do know that. They, he recorded it. But uh, no, look, we haven't seen him touring with... Queens of Stone Age. Uh, we have seen him with them Crooked Vultures and with Foo Fighters, though. Yes. And it kind of brings us to the next album because uh, it makes me think of Royal Blood. And, and Royal Blood, in particular, reminds me of festivals because the only time I've seen them has been at a festival. Oshiaga? Fe- Oshiaga and Festivalité de Quebec. Now, at Oshiaga, I believe you can you can slap me if I'm wrong here. I believe I skipped out on Half Moon Run to go see Royal Blood at the small stage. That's exactly correct. And they were quite late. Um, They had some baggage issues, um, if I remember, if that's what I understood from what they were saying. But they still played, and they played late. And they were getting a ton of shit to get off the stage because they were really fucking with the schedule. But they stuck it out. They stuck it out. They played what they could until they uh, they pretty much got flashlight off. You know, that. Look, we're talking about Royal Blood here. Their 2014 release, self-titled. That is fucking rock and roll, you know? And, you know, people say rock is dead. Rock isn't dead. It's not the same as it once was, and it's not at the forefront of culture as it once was, but it's embedded in it. And every once in a while, you get a band that really kind of takes that vibe and goes ahead and puts it on a fucking album. Royal Blood is one of those bands. It is a great hard rock album. And they've got a new one coming. June 16th? What's the date? Is it officially announced? Yeah, it's officially announced. Coming out June 16th. Couple weeks, man. Well, look, Shom's already rocking Lights Out, which is their their new single. I love it. It's a fucking great song. I think we're in for some great music in this new album. Uh you know, I haven't heard much about them. There was a couple songs that came out. I think they were soundtrack songs uh, in the last couple months, maybe maybe in the last year. But, uh, oh, I'm excited. Me too, dude. Excited for the new stuff. But in anticipation of the new stuff, I threw on the other record. And I love the way he has his bass sounding, man. It's crazy. The, t- the two amps with the right amount of distortion. It's got, he has this way of really thickening it up for that. Bass part, and then he has a beautiful, nice fuzz on it for those solos. Dude, he's got four strings. He's soloing like he's he's on a guitar. It's fucking hard work, man. Like, knowing what pedals to turn on and off, I can't do that. I've got, I've got two pedals. I have a hard time managing that. You can only imagine, like, a pedal board, I don't know, the size of a fucking... Some guitarists plywood. love that shit, dude. Some guitarists love that shit. All in all, it's just start to finish... One great song after another. And I got to say, my expectations are high for the new one. Especially since they're just a duo. Like, that's crazy that they can uh, they can do this. They can pull off this type of sound and, and this type of music with two of them. It sounds great live, it too. Does, that's it does. It does. It's really fun. And when the first time I saw them at that little show uh, at, uh, at Oshiaga, that small stage, it still sounded fucking great live, man. And when we saw them at, at Festival Ete de Quebec, it was... Uh, it's a hell of a sound too, and we weren't uh, we weren't that close, dude. It's not the first uh, bass drum duo, DFA. DFA, of course. So like, 
as soon as I heard bass drum duo, like for me, I, I, I already wanted to get into it. We're a little hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, there. that's it. So next up, what do we got? Incubus. Next up is an album that I probably listened to literally a thousand times. But you just got it like two days ago. I got it on record two days ago, but this is a song from my youth. 1997, this album came out. It was my first taste of Incubus. Science. Album called Science. Back from when they were still on drugs. <laughs> yeah, you see, I didn't uh, I didn't know this album as much. I knew uh, the album after this. Make Yourself. Yeah, that's right. That that's kind of the, the one that, that yeah, I grew that, up with. That's what like probably their most popular album, Drive, yeah. Stellar. This was right before that. They brought the funk. I guess if you had to, I guess if you had to name the genre, it'd be like funk metal. However, singer's not screaming, and there is this hip hop element to it as well. They got a DJ scratching, and the bassist really gets into these heavy grooves. It's hard to describe. I would advise anybody that hasn't listened to Incubus Science go and listen to it. Do yourself a favor. It's just really interesting. Every song is different in its own way. And there's many different parts to each song. So it, it makes it very entertaining to sit down and listen to it right through. Oh, dude, what I heard was fucking incredible. Uh, like you said, you know, those funky bass lines and they, they really get down to those maybe a little bit jazzy at some point. Is that, is that yeah, possible? Yeah, there's like, like jazz a, breakdowns. And they and transition to this really funky bass and then back into the song with a little bit of uh, DJ shit going on. It's uh, it's really cool. Yeah. Science was very unique at the time. I mean, they looked like a bunch of 90s kids. If you took a pick, go, go look at Incubus back in 1997, they looked like every other band. But what they did with Science was truly unique. And with Make Yourself, the album after, that stopped. It was better. It was good for different reasons, but science is my all-time favorite Incubus album. It has to be. But uh, they just came out with a new album, right? Not too long ago. Uh, yeah, it, the album's called Eight, and they announced a tour this summer. They're going to be touring everywhere but Montreal, man. Oh, sick! <laughs> Let's not go. <laughs> Toronto's the closest. I think they're doing a couple, probably cities like New York and Boston. If we wanted to take the drive. Look, it's something to think about, but there's too many shows coming to town that uh, We're, we gotta I can't pick and choose, man. To. We got we really have to pick yeah, and choose. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what sucks, man. Especially if there's a couple good big outdoor shows, you know. Even with uh, what do we got? Uh, you've got uh, Guns N' Roses coming. Yeah, there's we've got uh, fucking Rockfest. Uh, we could have went to Oshiaga. Like we're gonna have to pick our battles here. Mike's trying to convince me to go to Metallica or also. Hans Zimmer. No, no, no. Hans Zimmer, I said no to. I wanted to go, but I had to. You have to draw the line somewhere, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know where? You know what? If Eminem and Royce the Five Nine came back, see, that's why you have to say no to some concerts. So when those like have to go hell or high water concerts come around, you can be there. We might as well move on to Bad Meets Evil, Hell, the sequel. Of course, of course, and uh, you know, Slim Shady LP was one of my all-time, you know, top team favorite albums, and. Uh, Bad Meets Evil on that on that album is just incredible. Yeah, I've, I've memorized that song. I I know both parts. It's just, I know a lot of it myself. I listen to that song a lot too. But that was basically the genesis of this newer project, Bad Meets Evil. Yeah, I mean, I think there was uh, at some point. I think around the time of uh, Proof's demise, rest rest in peace, Proof. Um, that there was some tension. I think, and uh, I believe. 
I don't want to. I don't want to start rumors or make you know false claims. But I think there was just a, a small falling out, or maybe a, quite a big falling out. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I think they squashed it, you know. And I'm happy that they did because Hell the Sequel is just a really fucking cool album, and it's really well done. You know, it's already six years old. It came out in oh, 2011. Shit. Yeah, 2011. I know it surprised me too. But then I guess that kind of makes sense. I was thinking back when I was on my cross Canada road trip. This was the album that settled our minds because there was a point in the road trip where we were trying to outrun a snowstorm and we were doing like 15 hours of road every day. And whenever it got like too intense and we were stressed out and we were anxious and we just wanted to get to where we were going, we threw on this album and it made me feel like home. Nice. Yeah, you know, because it's the words. You remember the words and you start to focus on the words. That's what's so special about this album for me is the wordplay. And then you get into the groove of the drive yeah. and, and it kind of helps the time pass too at the same time, right? Yeah. You know, what? one thing that's disappointing is uh, I picked up the, the vinyl and uh, it doesn't have Echo on it. I think that uh, that was a iTunes thing. That is wrong, dude. That is wrong. Echo is a part of that fucking album. It's one of the best songs. Yeah, I know. And when I when I originally picked it up, I was like, damn it, these are one of those disappointments in music that we talked about, you know, last yeah, episode. As a music lover, every once in a while they just they fuck up. Mm-hmm. They make the wrong choice. Why isn't it on the album? There's room. Would you yeah, there has to be room, right? If I have to remove a song, lighters. Ugh. I hate that song. <laughs> it's the song I skip it every fucking time it comes on. Every time. It doesn't belong on that album, dude. It's not even a good radio song. It's just not good. There's other better songs that they could have made a little poppier hook for or whatever if they wanted a radio song. They didn't have to put Bruno Mars you on what? there, dude. They didn't. I'm a Bruno Mars fan, but they didn't have to put him on Bad Meets Evil. What is Bruno <laughs> Mars doing on Bad Meets Evil, man? He sells records. Good fucking point. You know what would soothe this pain? Some Alt-J. Specifically... Awesome Wave. I think you just picked up that album, eh? Yeah, actually, Olga got it for my uh, my birthday. It's it one awesome. of the, it's actually one of the first records I bought. I've yep. had it for a really really long time, and uh, I don't really remember how we came to listen to them, but uh, you you pretty much you, you caught it somewhere. I I can't remember where I found it. I think Dom first showed me uh, Fitz Pleasure. Okay, Dom, you're fucking amazing if that was the case. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Dom that showed me Fitz Pleasure. And you know what? We should make that our fucking master track today. Oh, yeah? Yeah, let's go do the master track on Fitz Pleasure. Right now. Right now. We're going to just hit the... We haven't even talked about... We'll get back to it later, dude. Let's hit them with the master track right now. Welcome to the master track. Where Muck and Dre talk to you about a song they just can't seem to take off repeat. What did you say? We say we're talking about Fitz Pleasure. The, the opening line of Fitz Pleasure is in your snatch. Okay, wait, 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 wait. First, before we get to that, I want to confess something. Okay, when I first heard All J, I did not think they were singing in English. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought it was. Some foreign language, I wasn't sure what, perhaps German or Icelandic or something along those lines, <laughs> but it wasn't English. It's because of the way he pronounces everything. It's so unique, the way he carries the melody and the way he, uh, what is that, phonetics, the yes. way you say something. It's it's very particular, and you know, like later, obviously, I went and I read the lyrics and I saw that it was in English. What is the opening line? 
In your snatch, fits pleasure. Broom-shaped pleasure. pleasure. So I guess it makes sense he's kind of hiding it behind this, you know, weird melodic pattern. and That's fucked up. Yeah, it's a little fucked up, I guess. But I mean, that's part of what alt makes Alt-J, Alt-J. I mean, to a certain extent, you hear Radiohead in there. But the drummer has a way of really using this minimalist style to create something very unique. His tempos are, are, are very weird and the way he pairs them up, it's cool. I get into that. I like his grooves. Well, I mean, that's not the only great song on the album. I mean, both of their albums to date have had some fucking stellar tracks. Yeah. I mean, there's Tessellate. Uh, what are the other songs on there? Breeze Blocks. Breeze Blocks. Breeze Blocks. I was right. Breeze Blocks. But not Breeze Blocks. You said Breeze Blocks. You're just as bad as me. <laughs> uh, Matilda. Great song. Blood Flood. Anyway. The album Solid Start to Finish, it's another one of those. And we would definitely put one of those albums on our on tap. Right? Of course. I mean, of we're going to choose albums we love. So, The first album was actually the only album with the original lineup. After in the second album, the uh, bass player left. Oh, I didn't know that. They're a trio now. Ooh. I don't know if they get another bass player to play or what the story is, but they had a falling out some sort. He didn't like the lifestyle, basically. He didn't like having to... Be away and do that whole thing. Okay. Me- meeting record execs, doing meetings, press, interviews, all this kind of thing. You, you just want to play music. It was a lifestyle decision. And I bet he had something else on the side that he w- would have rather done. Relaxer, new album coming out June 2nd. Mm-hmm. We've already heard two tracks yeah. from Relaxer in the last uh, two months, I think. In right? Cold Blood and 3W. 3W. The way they released 3W was kind of in like binary code, right? Yes. They released uh, the song title in binary. And some people decrypted it and came up with 3W. It's it's maybe one of the nerdiest things I've ever heard. But it's a really good song. And it's it's such a cool idea (laughs) for release. I mean, I think the chorus is is, uh, 011001. Yeah, the binary code. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's actually the code that they posted? I don't know. Might be. Might be. Okay, so late. Look, look. I'm uh, taking a look at the list. We've hit all the albums. Hmm. We have spoken about all of our on top selection for today, folks. That means we're going to close it up. Muck, where can they find us? As always, you can find us on Facebook at the DBTH Guys. You can also hit us up at our email address. That is the DBTH Guys at gmail.com. And newly on Instagram, DBTH Guys. We're trying to post stuff pretty uh, pretty daily there too. Um, what are we fun listening with it? to? Yeah, uh, you yeah, got a couple yeah, videos out there. New gear and uh, concerts we're going to, uh, all that kind of stuff. Just have fun with it, and uh, it's kind of a nice platform. I'm honestly, I'm I'm gravitating towards Instagram for now. I'm I like to use it more than Facebook. That's why we we all we have it all hooked up. Yeah, whatever goes on Instagram goes on Facebook goes on Twitter. And also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music. Uh, we're out there on a few. Just search for it. We're everywhere. So episode 10 is kind of like a landmark. So we just want to thank everybody that's been listening. We're having a lot of fun doing this. We're hoping you're having a lot of fun listening to us. And remember, everybody, make, make some, some time, time for music. music. It's fucking important. Mm-hmm.